On September 22nd, 1979, there was an incident in the South Atlantic between South Africa and Antarctica that today remains a mystery. The incident involves international politics, aerial phenomenon, Cold War satellites, Russian spies, secrets, and conspiracies. The incident was so alarming that it was investigated by multiple countries, and yet, today, most of these countries remain in the dark about what really happened. This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 3, Episode 9, Alert 747. On the night of September 22, 1979, a U.S. Vela satellite, designed and used for spotting nuclear tests, detected a flash that the U.S. intelligence community located somewhere in the South Atlantic area. Using other satellites, they pinpointed the region and immediately began a threat assessment operation. In 1963, the Partial Nuclear Test Ban Treaty banned all test detonations of nuclear weapons on the ground, in the Earth's atmosphere, underwater, and in outer space. Underground detonations were not banned, so any nation that wanted to conduct a test detonation was allowed to do that deep beneath the surface of the Earth. The test ban treaty was a result of growing worldwide anxiety over nuclear fallout, the clear, devastating consequences of nuclear explosions. From 1951 to 1958, approximately 270 nuclear tests were conducted by the US, the Soviet Union, and Great Britain, and only 22 of those were tests done underground. In the same year that the treaty was implemented, the US launched two satellites as part of the Bella program. Its purpose was to monitor the Earth's atmosphere and search for signs of illegal nuclear activity. Aside from employing a vast array of sensors that could measure the amount of nuclear fallout in the atmosphere and detect detonations across the globe, the satellites were also equipped with powerful instruments that were used to study various extragalactic phenomena. In fact, the Vela satellites are credited with the first discovery and measurement of a gamma ray burst in outer space. On September 22, 1979, sometime around 3 a.m. local time, a U.S. Atomic Energy Detection System satellite recorded a pattern of intense flashes in a remote part of the Indian Ocean. Moments later, an unusual, fast-moving ionospheric disturbance was detected by the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico, and at about the same time and distance, a muffled thud was overheard by the U.S. Navy's undersea sound surveillance system. Evidently, something violent and explosive had transpired in the ocean off the south tip of Africa. Data suggested that the incident occurred near Beauvais Island, a frozen scrap of Earth famous as the most isolated isle in the world. The tiny island was home to a Norwegian automated weather station, and in 1964, an abandoned lifeboat of unknown origin was found there, filled with supplies. But that is another mystery, saved for another podcast episode. The event, though, was logged as Vela Alert 747, and the U.S. military was put into high alert. The probability that a nuclear weapon had been detonated in the atmosphere was a treaty violation, 
and that's big. Especially if it was Russia, or a rogue nation not willing to follow the rules outlined in the treaty. President Jimmy Carter was called to an emergency meeting while the US Air Force dispatched a squadron of Boeing WC-135 planes, specifically designed to detect airborne radioactive fallout to the site. After flying for over 230 hours, none of the planes detected any radioactive material in the atmosphere. Visually, they could see no operation going on near Beauvais Island or on it. There were no foreign ships or planes in the vicinity. There was no evidence of any destruction. The Norwegian automated weather station remained intact and in working order. At first, the US believed that the Israelis, who are proven to have nuclear weapons but still, to this day, deny it, were responsible for breaking the treaty and conducting a nuclear test. They also believed they were working with South Africa, either providing them with nuclear secrets or working together to produce bigger, better, more destructive bombs. Jimmy Carter wrote in his diary that evening, quote, There was indication of a nuclear explosion in the region of South Africa. Either South Africa, Israel using a ship at sea, or nothing. There was a great cause for concern. The treaty was broken, and they believed it was done by what would seem their allies. How would the world respond? How would the Soviet Union respond? Both Israel and South African officials denied having anything to do with the incident and have pointed the finger at Russia as the state that most likely broke the nuclear treaty. Russia, also concerned about these new developments, denied that they had anything to do with the incident. President Carter ordered his science advisor, Dr. Frank Kress, to assemble a panel of outside experts to look at all the evidence. The panel was chaired by Dr. Jack Ruina, a former head of DARPA. The Ruina panel issued its report in 1980, and in short, it found the deviances between the light flash recorded by the Vela and the light flashes from known nuclear detonations too significant. And it found the lack of corroborating data, which must also exist, to be problematic. The Ruina panel's conclusion was that the most likely explanation for the Vela incident was a meteoroid strike on the satellite itself where the meteor's initial entry into the field of view was responsible for the initial flash and the spread of debris from the impact responsible for the second flash. During this time, they learned the aging satellite's electromagnetic pulse, the EMP detector, had long ago failed. Therefore, it was unable to collaborate any observations. The Vela sister satellite hadn't detected anything at all, though its working condition at the time was unknown. This frustrated the investigation because they could not accurately conclude what the actual incident was. The investigation included the Air Force, scientists and government officials took many twists and turns. They traveled as far as Australia and New Zealand to gather information and samples to determine if a nuclear explosion had indeed occurred. Circumstantial evidence appeared including a report from a doctor in Western Australia who detected trace amounts of iodine-131, a short-lived radioactive fission product, in the thyroid glands of local sheep. Other scientists have been on record as saying the tests were done poorly and are inaccurate. 
U.S. intelligence at the time was searching the ground for radioactive substances that would constitute evidence of a nuclear detonation, but it found none. The Smith file includes telegrams about efforts during November 1979 to confirm reports by scientists at New Zealand's Institute of Nuclear Sciences about the detection of radioactive substances in specially collected rainwater. According to the documents, the highly secret Air Force Technical Application Center sent one of its experts, Colonel Robert McBride, to New Zealand to confirm the story. But McBride confirmed that the reports of radioactive rainwater were, quote, a false alarm. Additionally, more evidence started coming in, however. A report of a flash of auroral light appeared over Soyowa Base in Antarctica a few seconds after the incident, reinforcing the possibility of an EMP burst. Nuclear bursts have been known to cause patches of artificial aurora, though these colorful displays are more often due to solar energy mingling with the atmosphere. The report was buried in the initial memos and reports as circumstantial and natural. Some also considered a variety of natural events like lightning superbolt making a double flash. One from the Defense Intelligence Agency found that the chances of Ruina's panel's meteorite causing the signal would be a one in a hundred billion years incident. Internally, the U.S. believed it was a nuclear blast. However, to the public, they offered a totally different story. On the political side, the Carter administration had much at stake on the issue of the incident, which eventually leaked to the media in late October 1979. Had it been confirmed that it was a nuclear test and that South Africa and Israel were prime suspects, significant diplomatic complications would ensue. That was particularly so in the case of Israel, not least because the very existence of its nuclear program was political taboo in Washington, something never to be acknowledged. Admission that Israel and South Africa had tested a bomb could unravel President Carter's most important international legacy, the peace treaty he had just negotiated between Egypt and Israel, signed only six months earlier at the White House and to impose sanctions against Israel for violating U.S. non-proliferation legislation and the limited test ban treaty would have been a political catastrophe. Some believe that all the high-ranking intelligence officials, scientists, and government operatives dismissed evidence, created false evidence, and produced a detailed fictional account of the incident to prop up a theory they were told to come to that the incident was a meteor, not a nuclear test. In 1994, convicted Soviet spy Dieter Gerhardt claimed that the flashes were the result of Operation Phoenix, a joint Israeli-South African weapons test conducted under the cover of bad weather. Quote, the explosion was clean, it was not supposed to be detected, Gerhardt claims. But they were not as smart as they thought, and the weather changed, so the Americans were able to pick it up. He did not claim to be directly involved with the operation, stating instead that he had learned it through unofficial channels. Gerthardt's description of the explosion as clean suggests that, if his account is accurate, the device may have been a neutron bomb, an atomic device with increased neutron radiation and decreased fallout. Israel has never openly admitted to possessing nuclear weapons, 
but in 1986, a former Israeli nuclear technician named Mordecai Vanunu furnished a London Times reporter with photographs and descriptions of Israeli atomic weapons. Shortly after publication, Vanunu was abducted by undercover Israeli Mossad agents and imprisoned for his treason. He has not been heard from ever since. A CIA-sponsored panel of well-respected scientists concluded that a mysterious flash detected by the U.S. Vela satellite over the South Atlantic on the night of September 22, 1979, was likely a nuclear test, according to the report published in 2016 by the National Security Archive and the Nuclear Proliferation International History Project. But others are not convinced of either theory the obvious whitewashing of the event by the Carter administration, or the more recent CIA-held panel investigation. But before we dive into the deep end, let's take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. Have you ever tried to find a cheap hotel room, and you open up Expedia, then you open up Trivago, then Booking.com, and then Hotels.com, and so on and so on, trying to find the best deal from all the hotel discount and booking sites? What if I told you you could do one search in one window, either online or using your mobile device? What if I told you that you can take all these discount search sites, combine them into one easy-to-use app, saving time and money? It basically finds the cheapest price anywhere. There are no additional fees, including taxes, and the app is free to use. What you see on the screen is the exact amount you will pay. Now, this isn't a separate booking app. It is a comprehensive yet easy way to do hotel searches. Think of it as a cheap hotel search engine. It simply finds the best deal for you. Savings are incredible, sometimes up to 70% off. There are even options such as pay now, pay later, free cancellations, no credit cards required. With a database of over 270,000 hotels, 46,000 hostels, 500,000 bed and breakfasts, and 1.3 million apartments, you will be sure to find the best hotel at an incredible price. Now, do you want this app? Find the best hotel room at the best price. Just visit www.experiencethis360.com. At the top links, you will see a link called Best Travel Deals. Click that or use the drop-down menu to get to a specific area. Links will also be made available in the show notes. Again, that's www.experiencethis360.com. Now back to the podcast. Some believe something more mysterious had occurred on September 22nd, 1979, and that both reports, one from the Carter administration and the other from U.S. military, are designed as a cover-up. There are some that hold the belief that the flash was that of a crashing UFO. Exploding UFOs have been brought up as a cause of anomalous atmospheric detonations for some time. Tunguska, most famously, was suspected by some in the UFO community as just such a thing. While no detonation was seen before the suspected Roswell crash, nothing like a Vela satellite was around capable of detecting it at the time. Could an alien spacecraft have exploded over the Indian Ocean in 1979? In 1979, South Africa was having a great number of UFOs being witnessed and reported, including the Mindalore encounter. 
A mother and her 12-year-old son both claimed an encounter with a group of human-like entities standing beside a craft. One of them encouraged her to depart with them permanently. After she refused, they entered the craft, which then shot upwards and disappeared in 30 seconds. We will feature the Mindalore encounter in an upcoming podcast. A person identifying himself only as the Apartheid-era Brigadier General of the South African Army claimed in 2004 on Coast to Coast AM, interviewed by Art Bell, that he was an eyewitness to a crashed disc in November of 1982. From a Pretoria Air Force base, he'd given the order to a Mirage pilot flying hundreds of miles to the east to fire on a suspected MiG aircraft that was deemed a risk to ground troops. It allegedly turned out to be a disc, which was brought down very near the Mozambican border. He and his special operations team would have retrieved the 12-foot wide craft holding two comatose gray beings inside. They returned these to Pretoria. The supposed artifacts were briefly held at a base in Cape Town before allegedly flown to Andrews Field near Washington, D.C., where U.S. officials took custody. Similar stories were told of an earlier event, as well as ones following. In most cases, the stories were deemed to be fake, or to some, the stories were meant to deceive. You know, you plant obvious and ridiculous fake stories about a certain event to cover for another. Then the public believes all events are just silly jokes. So what of Alert 747? Was it simply a meteorite? an aging satellite malfunctioning? Or was it a nuclear test that needed to be covered up by the United States? Or was it something else altogether? listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links, and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Maddia Cupelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian von Ziegler. <laughs>